0: Greetings. One must not get one's knickers in a twist. I keep on hearing the police have caught me, but they won't fix me just yet. I have laughed when they look so clever and talk about being on the right track. That joke about leather apron gave me real fits. I am down on whores and I shan't quit ripping them till I get buckled. Grand work the last job was. I gave the lady no time to squeal. How can they catch me now? I love my work and I want to start again. You will soon hear of me and my funny little games. I saved some of the proper red stuff in a ginger beer bottle over the last job to write with but it went thick like glue and I can't use it. Red ink is fit enough I hope. Ha ha. The next job I do I shall clip the lady's ear off and send to the police officers just for jolly, wouldn't you? Keeping this letter back till I do a bit more work, Jack the Ripper. Don't mind me giving the trade name. P.S. wasn't good enough to post this before I got all the red ink off my hands. Curse it! No luck yet. They say I'm a doctor now. Ha ha.
1: Jack the Ripper is always a fan favourite. Here is my take on the gruesome murders that have fascinated the world since 1888. So many theories have been put forward, countless books have been written, films and television programmes reimagined what really happened over and over, and yet we still don't know the truth. The likelihood is a man called Jack didn't even exist. The name was penned in the height of the frenzy by the press at the time. Was this gang activity? Was Jack more than one person? Was Jack a woman? Was Jack at the high end of society or the low end? Was Jack a surgeon? Was Jack royal? Was Jack a politician? His victims have been labelled as the canonical five. But were there more? Some think so. Others don't. Before I get started, I wanted to mention the victims. These were real women who had their lives taken so brutally. Mary Ann Nichols, Annie Chapman, Elizabeth Stride, Catherine Eddowes and Mary Jane Kelly. My somewhat unhealthy relationship with Jack began when I was around 14. I was lent a book that pinned blame on James Maybrick as the killer entitled The Diary of Jack the Ripper. This led on to a macabre draw to anything related to Jack. Jack the Ripper tours have never been more popular. The London Dungeon's main attraction is Jack and there is even a full museum dedicated to him in Whitechapel today. The glorification of the Ripper has led to protests from feminist groups that believe that the victims in this story come second to Jack himself. Whitechapel in London during the Victorian age was a scary place to be. Essentially a slum, it was wrung by gangs who exploited those who were vulnerable. Gin was a huge problem in Victorian London, as was opium. Many people who ended up in Whitechapel did so because they had fallen from grace and this underworld was a cheap place to be and you could get by if you sold sex or could get in with the gang culture. Exploitation was rife as the upper classes would use Whitechapel as their playground to visit brothels and use their wealth and status to take advantage of those who were struggling to survive. Whitechapel is not a place you wanted to end up. Although not genuinely associated with the Jack the Ripper murders, the first victim that appeared on the Whitechapel murder file was Emma Smith who was attacked in the early hours of the 3rd of April, 1888. She later died of her injuries in hospital. A few months later, on the 7th of August, 1888, the body of Martha Tabram was found in George Yard, a passage just off Whitechapel High Street. She had been subjected to a violent attack in which she had suffered 39 stab wounds to the throat, chest and abdomen. We move into more certain territory with the murder of Mary Nichols on the 31st of August 1888. This was a savage and brutal attack. This time, however, the killer demonstrated the modus operandi of cutting her throat and disemboweling her. As we now have the gift of hindsight, we can look back on the murder of Mary Nichols and pinpoint this crime as the start of the Jack the Ripper's so-called Reign of Terror. The police at the time lacked this luxury. They connected Mary Nichols' murder with that of Martha Tabram, and many of the officers who worked on the case believed that Martha was indeed the first of Jack the Ripper's six victims, not five. In addition, they were also, in the early days at least, influenced by Emma Smith's claim that she had been attacked by a local gang into believing that the crimes were, in fact, gang-related. It was decided that the investigation now needed to be headed by an officer who had a good working knowledge of the East End criminal underworld. In early September 1888, Inspector Adeline, a man who spent the best part of 14 years as a detective in the area where the crimes were taking place, was brought in to take overall charge of the -the on-the-ground investigation. Adeline would become one of the most important of the investigating officers and, on the whole, he was to avoid the general press criticism and ridicule that others, more senior officers, were subjected to. Indeed, it seems that Adeline was universally respected, not just by his fellow police officers and superiors, but also by the press and the public at large. It was around this time that police inquiries amongst the locals in the area yielded a possible suspect in the form of a man whom the local street walkers had nicknamed Leather Apron. According to the locals, this Leather Apron was running an extortion racket amongst them and threatening to rip them up and open if they didn't give him their money. Unfortunately, when the press learnt of this suspect, several newspapers began emphasising the man's supposed Hebrew appearance, a fact which led to signs of anti-Semitism to surface in the area. On the 8th of September 1888, the body of another woman was discovered in the backyard of 29 Hanbury Street, just under a mile away from Bucks Row, where the previous murder of Nichols had taken place. The Hambury Street victim was identified as Annie Chapman. The killer had removed and gone off with her womb. The fact that a freshly washed apron was found close to the body, coupled with the press sensation concerning the identity and race of the police main suspect, caused the anti-Semitism to boil over into full-scale racial unrest. After the murder of Annie Chapman, local man John Pisa was arrested maintaining that he was known in the area as Leather Apron. Pisa, however, was able to provide cast-iron alibis to his whereabouts at the time of the most recent murders. He was, therefore, ruled out as a suspect and he even appeared at the inquest into Annie Chapman's death where he was officially cleared of any involvement in the crimes. Was the killer a medical man? At Annie Chapman's inquest, the divisional police surgeon, Dr George Phillips, expressed his opinion that Annie Chapman had been murdered in order that her killer could obtain her womb. Phillips also mentioned that the skill and speed that he displayed in removing the organs suggested that the murderer possessed some anatomy knowledge. These are still some theories that are paraded around today. On the 30th of September, 1888, the Whitechapel murderer returned and killed two women in less than an hour. The first victim was Elizabeth Stride, whose body was found in a dark yard off Burner Street at 1am. The fact that her throat had been cut, but the rest of her body had been left non-mutilated, led the police to believe that the killer had, in fact, been interrupted mid-flow. The second victim that morning was Catherine Edoes, whose horrifically mutilated corpse was found in Mitre Square in the City of London at one forty-five am In addition to the injuries suffered by Mary Nichols and Annie Chapman the killer had also mutilated Catherine Edoes' face. He had also removed and gone off with her uterus and her left kidney. As the police pursued Jack the Ripper through the streets of the East End of London they discovered a clue. In a doorway in nearby Guston Street, a police constable, Alfred Long, patrolling his beat, came across a piece of Catherine Edo's blood-stained apron in the doorway of an apartment block. Scrawled in chalk on the wall above the apron was a message which read, The Jews are the men that will not be blamed for nothing. This message was a source of great debate between the Metropolitan Police who wanted to erase it to at least eradicate the racial unrest in the district, and the City of London Police, who wanted to photograph it as they felt it might be an important lead in their hunt for the killer of Catherine Eddowes. In the wake of what the press dubbed as the double event, the police decided to make public a letter which, a few days previous, had been sent to a London news agency, Written in red ink, it was allegedly written by the killer and boasted that the police won't fix me yet. The author signed the letter, Jack the Ripper. Once the police made the letter public, the name Jack the Ripper caught on immediately and helped turn a series of sordid East End murders into an international frenzy. It is reasonable to say that part of the reason why this particular set of crimes are so famous is because of that name. On the ninth of November, 1888, the body of Mary Kelly was found in her room at 30 Millers Court, off Dorset Street in Spitalfields. Her body had been virtually skinned down to the bone. Indeed, so extensive and horrific were her mutilations that her living lover, Joseph Barnett, was only able to identify her by her eyes and her ears. Although it's genuinely believed that Mary Kelly was the last of Jack the Ripper's victims, there are several more names of later murder victims on the Whitechapel murder files. Alice Mackenzie, Francis Coles, and one more unidentifiable body. There are some amazing sources to investigate and feast your mind on. I would suggest jacktheripper.org Also, a book called The Five, The Untold Lives of the Women Killed by Jack the Ripper by Hallie Rubenhold. And, for a bit of macabre fun, the movie From Hell. Also, go to the London Dungeons and the Jack the Ripper Museum.
0: Thanks for listening. See you
1: in hell.